How you doing? And welcome to the second episode of Process Preparation and Performance. I'm Bill. I'm here with JR. JR, how you doing? Good. Very good. We got a lot and a lot of interest from our first podcast talking about the program. We've had coaches email us. We've had coaches reach out and ask if they could repost this podcast. I've had people reaching out on social media with Twitter and stuff. Just so you don't just so you don't have any problems finding us, our Twitter handle is MOHS Football. We're based out of Missouri here. You can reach out to us and we'll be happy to talk to you about anything. The website is MOHSfootball.com. That is MOHSfootball.com. JR, how many platforms are we on for this podcast? So right now, we're definitely on SoundCloud, which is where we sent it out uh, to begin with. And then Spotify has approved us. So I've got a link up on our website if you want to listen on Spotify. And then as of right now, iTunes has us in the review process. So hopefully within another couple of days, we'll be on there. But uh, thanks to everybody who's who's listened. We've had 38 unique listens on SoundCloud, two on Spotify. So uh, the first one obviously gave people something to do over the quarantine we got going on here. But uh, here before long... <laughs> Hopefully we'll be on iTunes, which would make it, you know, even easier for people. And then I've got all the links up on our website if uh, if anybody wants to go there. Awesome. You know, I I got an interesting shout out on social media. A guy direct messaged us and said, hey, you're cheating. You can't use computers. you you, you got to figure all this stuff out on your own. Uh, I kind of took that as a compliment to uh, you and the program and me and what we were able to do thinking outside the box. So kudos to you, man. Well, he knows who he is, so uh, it'll be like what a Harry Potter thing—he <laughs> who shall not be named or something. So that's right. Good stuff, though. That's right. Good stuff. Good I, stuff. I laughed a little bit over that. I laughed a little bit. So last time, you know, we talked about the program. We talked that it's an Excel-based program. So with the with the guys who are doing no huddle and trying to go as quick as you can, what are what are some tips that you developed? when you were putting that information in to help you stay up with the speed of the game? Basically all you need, uh, kind of like I mentioned in the previous one is as long as I got down distance yard hash, I can for the most part, get it right. You know, so it's, uh, it's good having a spotter up there to help you, but really to, to just get the thing to somewhat, you know, process data, that's all you need. You know, we also dove into the R code, which is the receiver code last time. And we're going to break that down for everybody this time. And then we're going to get into one other topic. Uh, I'm not going to give it away yet, but we're going to get into one other topic that I still remember where I was sitting when we came up with this other topic. And uh, I'll tell that story <laughs> when we get there. But JR, break it down for us. The receiver code, what is it and how do you use it? So the receiver code, what you're doing is dividing the field horizontally just into areas. So the areas that I came up with were the sideline to the numbers, the numbers to the hash, and the hash to the ball. And then obviously that's reciprocated on the other side. So one of the hardest things initially was trying to place people whether or not, well, were they really standing on the numbers or were they not, or were they really on the hash, were they not? And so what I had to come up with was just a hard and fast rule. They're either standing on it or they weren't standing on it. One thing I found out pretty quick is I always had to go left or right, no matter 
which way the offense was going, because if not, I was going to start getting confused. So sure. the letter system that I used was the sideline to the numbers. If they're standing in there, that was A. Uh, if they're on the numbers, it was B. Between the numbers and the hash was C. On the hash was D. And between the hash and the ball to the left-hand side of the offense was E. And then working it on across to the right was just F, G, H, I, J. So that helped out quite a bit as far as me being able to come up with a, a letter system uh, that I could use into Excel to make this work and place people. And probably the hardest thing I would say or what took the longest amount of time was getting the data sorted the way it needed to be sorted. Because even though you place people there, you've got to have a way of saying, okay, well, if they were standing in B, what type of formation was it? And it's a lot easier if you say, well, it's two by one or three by one instead of calling it, you know, 400 different words. And so I had to get Excel to sort the thing based on how many receivers were out there, which then started. I remember me and you having a conversation of, well, who is exactly a receiver? You know, are you going right. to count H-backs into this? Or are you going to count tight ends into this? What if somebody motions? And basically what we came down to was they have to be what you would consider a traditional receiver. Take the tight ends out of it. Take the H's out of it. I don't care if the running back motioned over into D. doesn't matter. Just where are the receivers standing at? Which made it a little more, I'd say, simple to deal with. But you still have all these variables going on like, well, does motion matter with it? Does it not matter with it? And really when it came down to it, it was just where are these receivers standing? So the way that I had the kind of the Excel workbook sort this was in order for it to even tell me that there was a possibility of a of a giveaway here, it had to happen at least six times. And what I mean by that was not that a three by one five, you know formation happened six times, but that those three dudes to the trip side and the dude to the solo side were actually standing in the same spot six times. Same, so yeah, they same had spot, to be, same spot. Yeah. So it'd be like A, C, E, J. Well, that had to happen six times in whatever film that we got on people. And so as a result, if it did happen six times, I basically had to tell it to tell me that five times either run or pass happened. And so if it was only four out of six, it wouldn't tell me that that was a possibility of something being given away here. It had to be five out of six, which is about 83%, which is pretty high. So it took more time, I'd say, to set it up to sort all of that than it did really to come up with the idea. But there at the end, you know, when we get the scouting report and I'd print it out, it'd give me little you know, little alerts that would say, hey, in a three-by-one, if so-and-so is standing here, it's run. And then that's what we right. would take and, you know, and me and you'd discuss and whoever and and then take that on to the kids. So, um, you know, it's, it was a lot of work, that's for sure. It it took a long time to get this thing to, to do it because this, the initial setup process took hours to get it, uh, right. you know, to get Excel to go, okay, it's three-by-one, so who's the most important and why? Let's look at that for a second because, you know, when we're looking at a defensive call or we're preparing our defense, we're we're in that preparation phase during the week. So often it's, hey, if they're in this two-by-one set, whether that's 
pro, whether that's two right, however you define it, 11 personnel, 12 personnel, whatever, whatever that may be, right? We would always say it's not where they start, it's where they finish and how their play is going to be determined. This kind of looked at it from an opposite standpoint and said, it's only where you start. It's only right. where you start. And if number two in a three by one set is on the numbers, we could tell you what percent run pass it was. Let's talk about some of the examples we have because they're kind of, they're really kind of amazing to be honest with you, because one of the things I put out on my Twitter feed today was you need to be able to respond to things and not react. What I mean by that is if you have a response, it means you've prepared and you know what your performance is going to be. You are ready for what may happen. If you react, you're just making a decision that's not based on preparation or your process. So your reaction to that is probably going to be at a lower level of performance than had you have had a response ready for what was going to happen. And we do this in business. We do it in sports. We do it in our daily lives, raising kids. But really, it comes down to, are you reacting to the situation? And we know oftentimes that people react poorly. Or are you <laughs> responding to it with a with a clear, thought-out message? It may still be urgent, but there's some clarity to it so that you can make a good decision. So tell us about some of the examples of this R code and how it's helped. So one of the things, if if anybody's been over to our website that I did, and I alluded to it in our last uh, episode here, was I took the Alabama-Clemson National Championship game from a couple of years ago just as a test case, and it, just to kind of show everybody how this thing works. And it was out of a two-by-one formation. And what it ended up saying after all the data was put in was the outside receiver to the two you know, wide receiver side was the key. Where was he standing? And so – even though that wasn't directly applicable, you know, to us with high school, at least it gave everybody somewhat of an example of, you know, this works at a level that's even higher than ours. So as far as our standpoint, you know, I won't mention their names because we beat them. But, uh, you know, there <laughs> right. was a team several years ago <laughs> we played and, you know, and we went down there and this is when we first started to to really mess with this thing. We said, hey, if if you guys see the outside receiver, uh, it doesn't matter what set it is, and he is standing outside the numbers, it's a 100% run. Because I think it came up in the film breakdown that I was doing, it was like 20 out of 20. And so right. it was something that we taught the kids. The kids recognized it. And if you do some thinking about it, you know, if you're on one hash, you know, say you're on the right hash and he's the dude to the solo side and he's clear outside the numbers, a little bit of common sense comes into play there. With and eh, I don't think they're probably going to throw it over there, but this was for any formation that it dinged that hey they're just going to run it. So that was uh, one of the early examples. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, we we're playing somebody that liked to run around, you know, a lot of trips routes, and it came down to it was the inside receiver where the third receiver was, and we taught it to the kids, you know, during the week, and it held to about I think eighty ninety percent true during the game. Uh, which helped That's out quite good. a bit. So that was example. Yeah, that was example out of the three by one. Um, you know, it's a lot of this stuff. 
I was kind of thinking uh, before we went on here, you know, you really have to like to break down film to do this stuff. And for right. whatever reason, it's something that I like to do. You know, I've read a lot of a lot of stuff on it. I've got a copy of, you know, the Belichick's dad's football scouting methods, which if you like to break down film and you haven't read that, you need to read it. Because a lot of that oh, stuff from book. way back, oh, it's fantastic. You know, and it, he goes into so much detail. It's amazing what those guys could do without, uh, you know, without using computer software and whatnot to help them process the information. But it, it's good because it gives you an idea of, you know, how much detail do you really got to go into if you really want to figure out what somebody's doing? Because I can't remember, right. you know, more than maybe one or two examples over the years where I'm like, I really have no idea why they're doing some of this stuff right now, you know, but right. there's always something there. You just got to find it. And I think with the R code, uh, it kind of opened up another avenue of, okay, well, I guess this is what they're doing, you know, even though it, right. it may come out and say, well, trips is their number one formation. Well, that's great to know, but who's the dude that is the most important to watch here. And if you can train yourself or train, you know, your other coaches or your kids to see it, then all of a sudden stuff starts to slow down, which I think is the goal of everybody. Right. Well, and it also gets to the point and, you know, we didn't really take it to this level at high school, but if you had enough staff and you had somebody else to yes. help you, you, you can now sort that data to is there dude in a trip formation at one, two or three? And why is he right. there? Now we all know that they, people try and get matchups and do those kind of things. But if you could take it to that next level, kind of have next level thinking and go, Hey, if number 15, their second best receiver moves out of the slot and moves into the solo side. Why are they doing that? Right. Some of those things we've picked Correct. up from some of those books doing the scouting is, you know, take away, take away this guy and make this guy beat you, which everybody uses. Right. But you mentioned the Belichick book and I read that book too. And, you know, I picked up on the fact that they had the same scout going and watching every team. Mm -hmm. And one of the stories, yep. one of the stories they tell in that book is that, a guy watching one of the service academies happened to notice that the tackle had his right heel up only during a certain play. I mean, right. We're talking about a level, a level of detail that, you know, we love to get to. And funny story is you and I use that. We found a team we were playing against and sure yeah. enough, the tackles heels changed run versus pass. Yeah. And we just told the DN that week, we're like, hey, man, if his heels sit like this, you know what's coming. And it held true the whole time. And there's countless examples like that. But it was just, you know, you and I are both kind of nerds for this and we don't sleep very much. So these are things that we're not <laughs> doing from like nine to five. Right. These are things that we're doing like after right. midnight and everything. So but, you know, the R code is amazing. Kudos to you for developing it and, and putting it together in a system where it's super simple to read. It's once it gets going, it was interesting and kind of awesome to watch the coaches go, Hey, what'd the art code show this week? Where's, you know, does this guy, right. is he sitting in a certain spot? Right. And again, going back to the podcast, kids learned it. They used it in preparation. 
And because of it, they had a higher level performance and that just works, you know? So kudos to you for that. Good job, man. It's all in today's work. Let's, let's talk about the next thing. And I'm going to tell the story. So a few years ago, we're having a garage sale at my house and my wife goes somewhere and I am sitting at the garage sale talking to you on the phone and we're, we're trying to come up with other ways to break down offensive football. Right. And it's kind of right. interesting because we were we were pretty much totally defense that time. Now we're pretty much totally offense at this point. So I think it's helped us a lot. But the one thing that we came up with, and this will be this will be kind of our last uh, technical topic for the night, was there are only three ways to run the football. Three ways. That's it. And when you and I came up with it, I think what it did is it made us look at how to stop people and how to stop using, well, is this an A-gap play? Is it a B-gap play? Is it a, is it a perimeter play? What is it? So, JR, tell us those three ways and the only three ways in our mind that you can run the football. So if you really think about it, you know, you may go into a, you know, we were, I think, kind of cognizant of this fact that we had so much stuff broken down with a run game. Well, they're trapping here, or it's boot, or it's this. And, you know, you end up with this 15, 20 play long list of stuff. And it's like, well, what do you really focus on? And what we came up with, you can either do this one of three ways. You can run it inside, you can run it outside, or you can run option. So when I'd go through right. and tag plays, instead of putting trap or whatever, it, it does not matter. It's what's the inside percentage, what's the outside percentage. And then your option game, which I think we even added uh, the zone read stuff into that. And it makes it a lot easier because, uh, okay, well, they're inside run games, 75%. Well, what do you need to work on in practice this week? Inside run. Uh, you know, whatever right. is going on there, whether it's inside zone, whether it's trap, whether it's counter, which I don't like pulling people. I think it's stupid, but that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> but um, that's just my own personal thing. But it, it made it so much easier for us. You know, because I remember me and you talking about it. And I think initially we came up with like five and then we're like, well, right. and I don't even remember what the other two were, you know, but then it was like, eh, it doesn't really matter. No. Okay. Then it's inside outside option. That's it. And it makes your right. film breakdown right. so much easier. Well, it absolutely does that. And, and what I, what I loved about it was they think they're a triple option team, but the kid hasn't pitched to his left all season or he hasn't pitched it at all. Or he mm -hmm. hasn't run it. He is only gonna. He's only going to hand it off or pitch it. Right? He's not doing mm -hmm. it. And we took we took that and we used it to our advantage because I can remember a number of times you going, "This team is not an option team. They're a handoff team." You know that was one so of all uh, that. Well, that was a playoff game that we had, and uh, right. You know, it was like it's an option team. And they're masquerading as an option team because all they do is hand the ball off. And the only way we'd have found that was with inside-outside option just because they, they weren't ever getting on the perimeter to option anybody. So it, it definitely right. helped. I think that game was over by half, which kind of missed those days occasionally. Yeah, right. I think we threw eight touchdowns that game. That was pretty nice. But on a different note, it was a good time. On a different note, Inside, outside, or option. And, you know, maybe we'll put up a poll on Twitter or something like, do you agree? Do you not agree? Or whatever. But yeah. 
I think when we get to the next podcast and we tell people the next fact off of that, which is there's only five ways to block it, and that's mm-hmm. it. There's five. And when you and I have studied this and people are going to be like, no, that's not possible. I could do this. I could do <laughs> Guys, I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's inside, outside option, and there's five ways to block it. And we'll cover the five ways in the next podcast, but maybe we'll throw up a poll or something that says, uh, do you think there's more ways to run the football or we'll figure out something. But, um, yeah, you know, this, this whole COVID thing is going crazy, right? I mean, seriously, we got people that are staying inside. We got schools that are canceled. We got people trying to reinvent ways to to learn and do things. And I gotta tell you, you know, we're not we're not very good at this podcast thing yet. This this there's gonna be a lot of good come out of this because we're gonna find other ways to do things. And one of the comments that one of the comments that I always laugh about that you you tell me from time to time is we don't need a meeting when it could have been handled in an email, right? Uh, I can't wait if uh some particular person listens to this he's gonna want to kill us both but it's it's all good so no but, it, yeah. but it's true even even in my daily business i have that. right i have i have meetings to talk about what we're going to talk about in the meeting right and i'm like what are we doing right. we so i think what this is really doing what this whole slowdown is doing is allowing us to step back look at our processes look at our protocols determine if we're actually and i hate to go back to it, it sounds cliche are we preparing right every day and are we getting the value out of things that we want out of things? Because mm-hmm. somebody's going to come out of this whole thing and there, there's going to be things invented that we don't even know are here right now. And some people are going to come out with ways that they're like, I never even thought about that. And they're using it, you know, so whether it's yeah. the program and you, and people want that, whether it's inside outside option, whether it's the R code, or when we tell you next time there's only five ways to block it, you know, you could disagree with us, but it's in that disagreement that we foster more discussion and we actually we actually start to learn. So, you know, the whole thing was we put this thing together so we wouldn't because we couldn't go to clinics and do that and we're all stuck inside right now. So I think it's awesome. We're gonna keep doing it. Episode three will be dropping pretty soon. Uh, you said you had somebody ask if they could repost this on their website and we're going to be on, you said Spotify and, and what else? Spotify, SoundCloud are on right now and then hopefully iTunes, but yeah, right after we put it on SoundCloud, somebody asked if they could, uh, repost the feed, which I was like, okay, go ahead. But I'm hoping we can, uh, we can get some guests on here soon. Uh, you know, there's, there's some avenues I think we can explore there. Oh, I agree. I agree. Uh, we hope everybody stays virus free, right? Say a little prayer for those people who are affected by this, not only uh, with their health, but emotionally and financially and whatever else. But let's keep the podcast rolling, JR. Until next time, you know, there's only five ways to block it next time. And it's, uh, it's not how you react. It's how you respond, right? Yep. See everybody later. Uh,